0: This is the Ether Review, a talk show passing the components of the Ethereum global computing platform and its ecosystem. Building on a basic knowledge of the blockchain, we seek to understand the mechanics behind this new generation computing network and the services it powers. In the few days between this episode's interview and the recording of this introduction, the DAO has raised over $10 million, bringing its total cash reserves to $23 million. Such investor enthusiasm is unprecedented in the cryptocurrency world. But is such enthusiasm justified? What is the DAO anyway? Where does Slocket fit into the picture? Will the investor control of the DAO result in overly optimistic capital management? Do these investors realize the highly speculative nature and generally poor performance of venture capital investment? Stefan Tor fields these questions and more. Please, guys, this is not investment advice. Hey, how's it going, Stefan?
1: I'm good, thank you. Can you hear me okay? Perfectly. I'm looking at
0: Dow Hub right now, and uh, and you know, I've I've been I've been looking at this, you know, I've been examining this DAO, the the Slocket, uh, the Slocket model for quite a while. And because now we're at this point where people are actually contributing money to this DAO concept, I want to focus on something under the manifesto, uh, under the manifesto tab on the DAOHub.org site. And uh, and it says under goals here, one of them is Provide a return on investment or benefit to the DAO
1: and its members. I, I just yeah, a couple of things. Arthur, sorry, but um, first, it's not the it, it's not the Slocket DAO. It's DDAO. Um, you know, it's ADAO, and it's the DAO that we're going to submit our proposal to because we think it's the best DAO. As for the manifesto, you know, we didn't write it; the community did. So, Stefan,
0: when people think of the DAO that you are launching right now. Generally, people talk about it as the Slocket crowd sale, but that's not Uh what it is at all. Could you explain
1: what is actually taking place here? (laughs) Of course, yeah. Um, So, you know, there's two things, right? There's the Slocket UG, which is our business. It's a standard company. It's a GM, well, it will become a GMBH, currently a UG in Germany. So it's the equivalent of a limited company, if you will. Um and this company um is doing a couple of things, a couple of projects for clients for RWE for Electron, um and it's got this um idea of um building a universal sharing network with the Ethereum computer as a catalyst. And while we were building this, um we thought, hey, you know, it would be absolutely brilliant to make this a DAO as per sort of the vision that Vitalik Buterin had in his uh, white paper for for dao and so we built this and then we realized well actually this is something that we should make open source so we started putting all the code out there and and then it took a life for a life of its own if you will because anyone can take that code and create stuff create new daos and you know there's a group of people that rolled with it and created a dao um, and we made a propo- and we're going to make a proposal to that dao um, and so because we support that Propose that DAO in particular with our proposal in a sense, and because you know obviously see a lot of people like the Slockit concepts, I think it made it sort of the popular one. But it's just one of the many that are going to come up, in my opinion, because it's completely fair. You know, 100% of the of the ETH that goes in there it belongs to the people that help build it. It doesn't go to us. It doesn't go to a multisig that's owned by us. It goes to a smart contract, and the smart contract is an autonomous piece of code which will hold all that money and then people that help form it not us will decide where that F goes and one of the things that we hope it will choose is our product but it might not and that would be ironic and horrible for us i suppose but it's possible now this is okay so because
0: honestly i have not understood this myself but mm-hmm. so this DAO is in fact a kind of detached entity that exists without any real affiliation with any project. It's just a group of creators. And all of the DAO tokens are going to be issued in return for investment. There's no uh there's no pre-mine or uh, or offering to the people who actually no, made well, we the DAO itself. We get
1: nothing for that. We give all the code away. We get nothing in return. And that's uh you know that's cool because it's like Ethereum. People forget but Ethereum started like that. You know, you had Gavin, you have Jeffrey, you had Vitalik and all these guys. Worked their butts off for six months and didn't get paid until um, they started their sale, and, and you know that's cool. Um, but for for six months, someone else could have taken that code that was out there and say, "We are Ethereum." I mean, Ethereum is just a word. You know, it's the fact that it was Vitalik was behind that particular instantiation of Ethereum of the Ethereum network, the Ethereum protocol, that it became the Ethereum protocol. Hence, why some people call that DAO, the DAO because it's the one where. You know, the best creators are behind, the best proposals are submitted to. And you said, you know, it was, it was born out of nothing. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't call the 4,000 people on our Slack nothing. We've been doing this for six months, you know. These guys have been uh, talking to each other, creating forums, creating websites, creating wikis. That's where it came from. And it surprises people because, you know, like, yeah, I understand that not everyone can follow the news every day. I mean, I only do it because it's my job. You know, most people just you know look at this stuff once in a week, once in a blue moon, and then they see this thing coming, and it has what I think ten million dollars in it, and they think, "Oh my god, what happened?" Oh, but this is, this stuff has been going on for a while now.
0: It does have ten million dollars, or uh, to be absolutely specific, it has uh, it has to be exact. It has that's counting up nine point two seven million. Not uh, not yeah, they're not too bad. Not not shabby at all. I think it's the first
1: time that a computer program is in charge of that much fun.
0: What do you expect the DAO to invest in, and how do you expect the DAO to provide that return to its contributors?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's you know, it's very interesting. There's going to be all sorts of proposals. I think some of these proposals are going to be just straight up donations. For for example, the DAO would be clever to invest in. Uh, the future development of the underlying protocol that powers it, Ethereum. So in a sense, it's sort of like Foundation 2.0, isn't it? Because it's a for-profit organization where all the funds are controlled by its members, and they have an incentive to uh, com- to see the pr- continuous development of that, of that underlying protocol, i.e. Ethereum, Whisper, Swarm, IPFS. And I wouldn't be surprised to see proposals even from the foundation itself. Um, I also think that, as you said from the manifesto, these guys want to see revenue. So in the context of uh, Slackit, which is the proposal that we will put forward, you know, the idea is to develop this universal sharing network um, with the Ethereum computer as the catalyst. Now, I say say the universal sharing network first because I don't think, I don't believe at least that we're going to shift 20,000, well, more than, say, 200,000 units. Uh, If we do 200,000, I'd be absolutely thrilled. I think if we do 20,000 considering the niche environment we're in, it will be excellent, but that's not enough for the DEO to get revenue. So if you followed a little bit what we built in the last few months, um, we had presented a prototype at MWC, Mobile World Congress uh, in Spain, a Samsung Arctic device that was running Ubuntu Core. Ubuntu Core is an operating system built by Canonical. Uh, obviously it's a cousin of Ubuntu, and it's really good for the IoT, right? Because there's small footprints, very secure, and on top of that, we build the Ethereum framework for Ubuntu Core. That means that any device that runs Ubuntu Core is now able to run Ethereum today. That also means that any such device is able to run an app, and that's the universal sharing network app, which probably will have a, a fancier name when we finally get around to do mar- some marketing. But you know what I want to see is, I want to see that app on a million routers, two million routers, three million routers, so that um, it's not entirely dependent on the Ethereum computer. The Ethereum computer itself, is the catalyst because that's the one that people like me, geeks, you know, relate to. It's like, oh, cool, you know, I have a full node in my home and um, it it, it can interact with all those really nifty protocols and I can hack with it, I can find new use cases, I can hook it up to my router and charge people for the Wi-Fi, I can hook it up to my door and have a free Airbnb, so to speak, without having to pay commission to Airbnb. It's cool, but it's a catalyst.
0: I find it really hard to wrap my head around how this community, you know, and obviously of thousands, sure, but how this community has managed to organize themselves or, or will manage to organize themselves to produce, uh, to produce value for this gigantic, uh, this gigantic and entirely new form of social organization. Do, do, do you understand that, that you know, this is such a new thing?
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, it's trailblazing, right? We could have done it the simple way, right? We could have done the Slack coin. Go buy the Slack coin in a Slack ICO, right? We could have done that. I think that's going be lame. I mean, I can't swear on this show, can I? So I, mean, I'll, I'll, I won't swear. But I'll go for it. <laughs> I think it's rubbish, basically. These things are rubbish. I want to explore a new governance model. I want to see a DO 1.0. I want to see a DO 2.0. Right now, DO 1.0, you know, it's going to vote on proposals. So there's proposals that are going to come up. And we're using Mist, the Ethereum wallet, right? And we're working uh, with the guys at the foundation to make sure that it supports the right features. So that people can go and using a GUI, vote on stuff. So, you know, somebody's gonna say, submit a proposal. Well, us, we're gonna submit a proposal for this stuff I just talked about. Somebody's gonna submit a proposal for the development of Whisper. Somebody's gonna develop a proposal for the building of self-driving cars. They'll give a commission of their right back to the DAO for helping them become um reality. And that's how they're gonna that's how the DAO is gonna make its money. Um I I know it's a new sort of way of thinking about doing business, but it's a better way to think. Of thinking about doing business, where the guys who help create these things are fully in control; they're not at the mercy of, you know, some pre mine that own 80% of the tokens and say, "Come and give us money because it's decentralized." That's bollocks, right? So, what is the uh, what are the tax implications of this? I mean,
0: you know, it's it's like there's business is going to be generated, but there's no there's no uh, there's no administrative infrastructure for something like the DAO to interact with the DAO, you know, the, uh, something like this, uh, this creation, to interact with legacy institutions, is there?
1: There is. <laughs> Very quickly as we build this stuff, we realized, oh my God, we can't just take ether from this DAO in exchange of you know, a proposal uh, because the tax authorities in Germany want to see an address on the invoices that you submit. So you can't just receive a million pounds on your bank account and say, yeah, it came from the blockchain, right? <laughs> that's not going to end well, especially not in Germany. They're pretty serious over there. So <laughs> so we worked with uh, an exchange called BT, uh, bt.com. And these guys already have done a lot of groundwork on regulation, et cetera, with uh, the Swiss authorities. And we built this company called DAO Link. And DAO Link is this organization that's very similar, I'd say, to, if people remember that S-Suisse, which was the organization that was running the Ethereum cell uh, back in the days, if you go and look back of the documents, the T's and C's for the Ethereum uh, Foundation, you'll find that everything says S-Suisse. It doesn't say ETHCORE. It doesn't, oh, sorry, ETHDEV. It doesn't say Ethereum Foundation. It says S-Suisse. And that's because, obviously, that was the organization that was fitting within the regulatory framework of that particular canton in Switzerland that made this thing legal. And so we're doing that, but we're doing it as a service, so that people who want to build DAOs or people who want to interact with DAOs, brick and mortar businesses like ours, can go and have an address to invoice, and it's done perfectly by the book. And we're going to pay tax on that stuff, and DAO Link is going to pay tax on that stuff, and that's about it. You know, we've made it. We've made DAO as a service.
0: I myself, and I, and I suspect the vast majority of. Uh... Of listeners, or, or all but a very handful of people in the world, have looked into the regulatory challenges that uh, that something like a DAO faces, and so this it's interesting to hear that you've found these uh, these ways of interfacing with the um, with the world that uh, as as it currently exists. What do you see on the horizon for uh, for revenue generation for the DAO?
1: Well, I mean, in our case, uh, every transaction that's mediated by the Ethereum computer has a percentage that goes back to the DAO for helping it become a thing. Um, And that could be quite significant, even if it was just a percentage of, say, uh, the Airbnb rentals out there, not to mention that it's not just for door locks, by the way. The Ethereum computer can mediate transactions between anything. It can even be sensors, can be absolutely anything you can think of. And we're partnering with partner actually already with quite a lot of different smart lock manufacturers, smart object manufacturers to integrate that technology, because obviously it benefits us and it benefits the DAO. It's a mutually beneficial relationship between the super, the service provider and the DAO. A lot of people wonder, you know, how do we make our money? Um, it's, it's pretty straightforward. We're going to take a profit on what the DAO pays us, just like any client-supplier relationship you'd find in the real world. That's where the money comes from for us. Um, not necessarily on the sales of the Ethereum computer because we don't keep any of the intellectual property. We put everything in the public domain. We believe that that stuff is very much similar to what Vitalik was describing a year ago. Yeah, I think it was a year ago that there was no killer app on the Ethereum network, that it was all about the synergies. And he had a great presentation in London that's on YouTube where he talks about the utilities of the 19th century being gas, water, electricity, and then the utilities of the 21st century between being identity, reputation, and we think one of them is sharing. So we're actually doing that. We're building this sharing platform um, out of which the deal will take a cut, if you will, on every transaction, and it will be sustained by its network effects. If you don't integrate this stuff in your product, then you don't get the you know X thousands of people that are going to be vested in the success of that DAO to do your social media marketing, to push it out there to their friends, to you know their contacts in the industry and so on. You don't get the microtransactions potential using, you know, um, all the technologies that we're bundling into the Ethereum computer. You don't get any of that stuff. And so it's going to be, I think, a very interesting exercise in finding ways to earn revenue and stay decentralized.
0: Right now, as I see it, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's no way that the Ethereum protocol in its current current state can support the transaction volume that you need for Slocket to be uh, a profitable or, or for, for these services that you described to operate. Uh, and so there's this tremendous incentive for the DAO to invest in the, in the infrastructure. That would be amazing if, uh, if we see this almost $10 million so far uh, wind up being invested in, uh, or at least some of it being invested in the Ethereum Foundation.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I think some people are thinking about that. It's funny. I mean, I'm looking at the R uh, F Trader Reddit, and I I enjoy reading that one. And um, people have all sorts of crazy theories of of how this is gonna play out. And some people are saying, well, I'm just putting money in that because I'm thinking. This is going to benefit the, the environment as a whole, right? It's going to benefit the space as a whole. It's going to benefit Ethereum as a whole. And I'm long on Ether. And, you know, that's how they think about it. Some people don't even think about the proposals, which is you know, absolutely crazy to me, because to me, it's so obvious that the, the value is in into generating revenue from for-profit proposals. But, you know, whatever. Some people are, have all sorts of meta games around this. Um, and I think overall, this is going to be good for Ethereum, you know, and that's all that matters. So, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, and I just
0: want to bring, uh, I want to raise the issue of, uh, of due diligence, because I know that a lot of people are going to look at this as an investment. And I don't see that there is a clear plan, a, a clear path to profitability here. And it's not that I'm saying that uh, this, the Dow will not be profitable, but I don't see a clear path to profitability, just a lot of really great ideas. And, uh, and I do see it as being highly dependent on the work that you, uh, you and the rest of the team at Slocket are doing. You know, and then to see that that is so dependent on the scaling of Ethereum, something that is still hasn't happened, you know, I mean, it's, I mean Ethereum is still has not seen an increase in its transaction throughput, uh, as, as far as I'm aware, since its instantiation. Yeah, what, 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 do you, what, what are your thoughts on that, especially because, actually here, and, and let me uh, continue on this line before, before you answer as well. I feel like in the future, DAOs are going to follow your example, and I don't see a lot of due diligence here. I mean, is there, you know, do, do, you,
1: have, uh, do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, there's a couple of, of comments. So, the first one is, you mentioned scalability, and I forgot to answer that. But in the context of the Stocket project and the Stocket proposal we're making to the DAO, you know, we're shuffling where the puck will be. We're not talking about releasing this stuff 2016, where it's still under proof of work, where there is no sharding, etc. We're talking about 2017, potentially 2018. By then, these issues will have been resolved. I mean, I know that the foundation is really hard at work on Ethereum 2.0 and Um, even just the switch to proof of stake is going to help things to a certain extent. It will also be a slow growth, right? It's not because this stuff is out that everybody goes and buy it on Amazon and start installing it into their homes and there's a trillion transactions per second. I mean, things don't work like that in the real world, right? So it's going to be a progressive um, uh, sort of rise in capabilities of the Ethereum network that we think, you know, the growth of the the universal sharing network will follow. The second question was around a clear path to profitability. You know, it's not because you're not a jockey that you can't pick the right racehorse. Uh, I think it's um, we've seen through a lot of um, exercises like Wikipedia and the wisdom of the crowd actually does work in most cases, especially if you give them some good governance tool, which is what I think is missing right now. Good governance tool. We're going to see them being developed in terms of other proposals and the dependency on socket. You're absolutely right. There is no other real proposals per se that's been re- released yet, right? Um, I've heard mobilic um, sorry, Mobotic, uh, the guys who were doing those cool um, self-driving drones, um, are gonna submit something. I've heard from other private people that, you know, they, they were interested in looking into that. If you think that, you know, there will be no good proposals uh, when people realize that there's 10, 20, 30 million dollars up for grabs as projects. You're crazy. Um, Simple as that. I mean, if you see, you know, the stuff that happens when the European Union has programs like H2020, Horizon 2020, where I think they have $50 billion for grab or something like that. I mean, there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of very, very, very smart people, startups, big companies, all rushing to get that money, all fighting each other to have the best proposal. That's exactly what's going to happen here. People are going to, you know, climb over each other to get that money. Absolutely, no doubt. And it's gonna, there's going to be some amazing proposals in there, I'm sure. I wonder if there is a process
0: of selection that's taking place in the creation phase of the DAO that selects for excessively optimistic investors. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: that's interesting. Yeah.
0: Because, because this is so far out there, you know, like this is really unusual and you know i know a lot of these people are, are thinking yeah, wow awesome we'll get like 10x when it like goes live and and if this does bubble right. there'll be a lot of people who buy at a high rate and then the price you know you know we've we've seen the uh, the hype bubble a million times and i'm wondering are these people going to be left holding a token or you know or an investment that offers poor returns uh compared to uh, other types of investing you know, because venture capital itself, right? Venture capital provides poor returns, very poor returns, you know, almost across the board. And, uh, and so, and this looks a lot like a venture capital business that people are buying into.
1: You get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, we had that conversation two years ago with Ethereum, didn't we? Um, you know, of course. You yeah. Know, I, I, you know, today, people ask me, oh, you know, I've seen Ethereum and now I understand what it is. Why didn't you tell me you were working in that thing? You know, I saw that it went from, I don't know what it was, 30 cents and now it's like, I don't know, eight bucks or whatever. And they go, oh my God, you know, why didn't you tell me, Stefan? You know, some people are pretty pissed off at me for not telling them I was working in that stuff. But when I was telling them I was working in that stuff, they were not interested. Um, it's the guys that were hopelessly optimistic, as you call them, that invested in Ethereum. and It worked out for them. And you know what? You're absolutely right. I mean, nine out of 10 startup in the real physical world are failures. Nine out of 10. That's a big number. In the crypto world, I think that's going to be even worse because, uh, well, just because it's so new, right? And also because things take time, right? I don't think you're going to see those really super quick returns. You know, it, Ethereum itself is going to take time to be implemented in every home simply because it still, as you said very correctly, needs to learn how to scale. And it's privacy through zero knowledge proof or encryption, all that good stuff. It doesn't have it yet. Um, we're in the early days. We're in the pre-Cambrian stages of this technology. That doesn't mean it's not interesting. That doesn't mean it doesn't provide um, returns or it it doesn't provide value. It's like saying, you know, I I had an argument with someone one day who says Bitcoin is useless because it doesn't scale beyond seven transactions per second. It must be useless, right? And I'm like, well, no, I use it all the time. I think it's quite useful. And it's useful for a lot of people. I don't know how many, but uh, clearly significant amounts to the point where it has a global market cap of $6, 7000000000 billion. So that's not insignificant. It doesn't mean a technology is rubbish just because it doesn't take over the world. And I think it's the exact same thing here. Uh, but then again, I'm probably biased because I helped invent that technology. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally, you know, that is
0: actually an interesting, it's, there's this hyperbole in this, and uh, these outrageous, you know, the, uh, the worst slogan in the world, and it makes my skin crawl, is this to the moon uh, mentality that people have, you know? Um, But the thing is, I'm very aware that that is the mentality that a lot of these investors in the DAO...
1: Yeah, I mean, of course there's that, but you can't do anything about this. You know, just Ethereum had the same thing. People would just send us message saying, how can I mine? You know, um, it became a bit of a running joke. How can I mine? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody sends, you know, how can I mine DAO token? Because they're not reading the paper. They're just thinking oh, I want to get rich quick. Well, you know what? If you want to get rich, you know most of the get rich quick scheme, in fact, all of them, um, they got something wrong with them because there's no such thing. I mean, at least that's my belief. I mean, my belief is there's a lot of you know, hard work involved and research to be done and due diligence to be done. And, and there's a lot of luck involved as well in life when it comes to these things.
0: There is. You're absolutely right. Um, and, uh, and, and, it's, and it's great to hear a, uh, you know, a level-headed attitude
1: it's, it's crypto. I mean, I want to ask, you know, Joseph Lobin from ConsenSys and uh, one of the founders of Ethereum. And I, I, one day I was, I was particularly fed up answering questions on Reddit, I suppose. You know, it can be hard. It can be hard. There's sort of serious trolls out there. Um, and I said, you know, why do we attract all these weirdos sometimes? Like, well, it seems that, you know, the space attracts all sorts of like seriously weird individuals. And he replied, and he's very correct about this. He says, look, you know, we're still a niche. You're forgetting that we are very much the crypto space, Bitcoin, Ethereum, anything else, is a niche compared to the mainstream world. So, of course, you're going to get that. And as it becomes more mainstream, then things are going to become far more level headed and and far more normal, if you will. So another thing is um, putting your trust in the code. That's something that's fascinating to me because. A lot of things out there are calling themselves DAO, but they're not DAOs at all. And uh, you know, some of them don't even have code, and they still call themselves DAO. With our stuff, we spent an awful lot of time and money to have it uh, checked by you know some of the best best minds in the field, including Vitalik, of course, Gavin Wood, and and uh, Christian Rasviner, um, the inventor of Solidity. We had it reviewed by DejaVu, the security company. Um, that did the audits for Ethereum. And then we put all that code online open source so people can go and check, it and verify that it is indeed what, uh, the DAO is indeed what it says it is. How many people do you think are going to do this? I think there should be processes out there to make that easier. So people don't just buy on, you know, so we don't go back to like, oh, I trust this guy, they're not gonna rip me off. I will send my money to this code. And it turns out the code has a backdoor. So if you see in the future people that says, oh yeah, we use the Slackit framework or whatever it's called now, um, and we are doing a DAO, I would say please ask your friends who are good at coding or go on forums, go on the Reddit, go on Slack, and ask people who know what they're talking about in terms of code to verify that for you and to make sure that the code is indeed what it says it is. That's gonna be very important in the future. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see services they're auditing services that are going to creep out and people, you know, people will put their trust in the auditing services rather than the people that are pushing the DAO, if you will. So I just had a thought.
0: Who do you sue? Say I want to sue the DAO. Who do I approach? Who
1: who who what who is holding the uh the legislative bag? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing is um, uh, you know, you can't have uh the cake and eat it too, <laughs> right? Um, if it's on the blockchain, it benefits from all the aspects of the blockchains, immutability, the fact that it's based on code, the fact that there's a smart contract that says, you know, this is the payment schedule. Now, in terms of suing that, I don't think you can. I mean, it's, it's a computer program. It's autonomous. Uh, it's never been done before. Even if you could sue it, let's say you sued it, what happens to it? I mean, people try to shut it down, but well, they can't. Um, welcome to the new world of illegality. It's not illegal. It's not legal. It's a concept that was defined by Gavin Wood, by the way, he has a fantastic video on the subject on YouTube. Systems that do not care. So you got to do your due diligence. You got to go into the smart contract proposals and you got to make sure that the payment schedule is right. So in our case, for example, for a socket proposal, we're not going to ask for a, a lump sum and trust us right, with your money. What we're going to do is we're going to say, well, well, you pay us monthly. And then if we if we mess up in some way or if we, you know, displease you in some way, then you can reduce that funding or you can cut it out entirely. So that makes us really, really keen to please the DAO. not to mention that we want to please the DAO because we're thinking, hey, there'll be a second (laughs) proposal. Right. These guys are going to make even more money. They're going to have even uh, of a bigger pot. Maybe Ether is going to go. You don't like that word to the moon. And, um, you know, you're going to see you're going to see Ether on 100 bucks. And now you got a, a, a computer program out there that's holding potentially a billion dollar. And we would definitely want to do business with these guys. Definitely we do. And so we're going to do everything in our power to keep them super, super happy. And so I think you need to think of, um, you know, instead of thinking, how do I sue? Think more about how do I get into a contract that protects me? And that's why I think auditing services are going to become very important. And in fact, I think there's a thread on Reddit right now called uh, uh, the DAO due diligence. I think it's a chap called Colm that's written it, and I, I still have to read it. But it looks like he's done his homework. This guy, he's compiled it, he's checked it, and he said, "Yeah, that's the one. You know, no doubt." What do you what What do you expect the DAO to raise uh, just just before we wrap up? I honestly have no expectations. I mean, I, I think. Um, When we did Ethereum, we had no expectations. We were very surprised, pleasantly so. Obviously, in this case, I'm really, really excited because, you know, in my head, I'm thinking a bit like what you said earlier. I'm thinking, wow, you know, this thing is going to help the development of the Ethereum protocol one way or another. Whether it knows it yet or it doesn't, I can tell it will. It's going to want new governance model. It's going to help experiment with stuff and it's going to help Ethereum. And So um, in my opinion, the more, the better. You know, this isn't something where people should feel like, oh, I'm diluted or whatever. You know, the more more power you have, it's cash on hand, so to speak. You know, and that's why a lot of the biggest companies in the world right now have a lot of cash on hand. That's what makes them powerful. They can acquire competitors when they show up and they can invest into new technology in order to stay relevant when needed. I hope that's where we're going with this. So how can people find out more about the DAO? Well, it's on daohub.org, and there's a forum there which I really recommend uh, because I don't think they have a, an official Reddit yet. There's also, uh, obviously, if they want to learn more about our project and our proposal, Sluck it, uh, it's on Slock.it. and we have uh, the proposal in PDF format there that people can review and discuss on the dohub forum. Thank
0: you, Stefan, and thanks for listening. Follow the Ether Review on Twitter at Ether Review or subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher.